0: off and doing your own thing so it means a lot and there's a lot of merit in it as far as um obviously you have your faith but there's others out there that uh, are still probably questioning what's going on especially within the news right now so to see somebody else that struck out and did their own thing having the logos and uh, being in the bear community it's uh it's a good thing really is and I think that others can look up to it as something that they could do. So, yeah, yeah, I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, bears helping
1: bears, bears inspiring bears, bears, bears helping bears, yeah. and
0: yeah, bears helping bears, and just the faithful helping the faithful. You know, it, we have bears. our thing with with the bears. Obviously, that's it's amazing what no one's doing with the unbearables and yeah. um, with uh, Ursa. Ursa Manor in Ursa Rio, but um, other people, you know, that are just on their own plight, especially with what's going on right now in Babylon or whatever you want to say. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff being thrown at us. So, if, if 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 somebody could be a beacon of light, so somebody can look to and have that as like a solace or something, just to have as a a release to get away from stuff. It's always in that positive. So yeah ladles are always half full to overflowing (laughs) you get it
1: (laughs) if you get it you get it yeah it really is i mean that's i just think that's why everyone crushes so hard it's like you see someone doing it and you're like man i want to do that too okay i'm gonna go do that (laughs) instead of just other little communities that might be like-minded or like you know the same faith or something Where you just get wrapped up in complaints or you get wrapped up in like, you know, motions, going through the motions, kind of just living like you are and not aspiring to anything greater. And then you find like the bear community where it's like, dude, I just built this fence. Dude, that you can just do that. That's awesome. I'm going to go build a chicken coop. And then someone sees that. And then they're like, dude, whoa, you built a chicken coop. That's cool. How'd you do it? Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go build this, you know, and That like reciprocal inspiration (laughs) has made so many, so much like positive increase in such big numbers. And I don't know if you could calculate it or quantify it, but it's just, it's out there and you can see it and it's back and forth. It's, I don't know, blanking on the right terms. Like a kind of like- It's palpable. (laughs) That battery, that push pull, that like energizing effect of seeing someone else do something good, true, beautiful, and like positive. And then you inside finding that same energy to do that yourself in your own way, whatever you're doing. You see someone else build a fence and you're building the chicken coop and then someone else is being inspired to just clean their house or something, (laughs) even small things that aren't like crushing as like some mothers in the community are. Definitely. Um, Yeah. You know, just little steps of just getting your life together. Um, And that bouncing back and forth is happening. And that's amazing. You know, like I drift off. I'm involved in other groups and other places and on the internet and stuff. And it can really turn into like kind of sad and depressing where people are just complaining. People are just, you know, being silly or mocky or sarcastic. You know, they're not like elevating each other, not elevating themselves or elevating each other. So we're blessed to be in this community um, and having this, having what we're talking about where. It's just this positive effect, this inspiring effect, this like aspiring to greatness effect on each other. Um, and it's only going to continue to grow and get better. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Definitely. And even having um, someone else just to uh, talk about gravy with. Because, you know, yeah, no, yeah.
1: That I was be just over my parents' house. <laughs> In my <Yeah>. life.
0: <laughs> even with your family, you know, I was just yeah. over my parents. And it's like, I can't talk about, you know, realm earth. To my you know yeah. my dad
1: <laughs> but um yeah
0: <laughs> it's uh extremely valuable and um yeah not just like uh the crushing aspect of it but other people who are or maybe not in, in the bear community i have other stuff going on with my research and everything yep. so um just to see it in general uh it's a good thing the zeitgeist right now is completely off the rails i guess you'd say but there's always those people who stay even keel no matter what goes on so i think that real recognizes real um to put it in that in that um in that light and you gravitate to like-minded people so it's gonna be you know it's it's i guess you'd say the awakening or the great awakening I guess, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen my Q poster or, or my uh, post earlier about the Q, yeah. but um, that, yeah. it ha- it's <laughs> happening in just more than the bear community and you can see it. So the logos is rising all over, even though the uh, confusion seems to be rising also. And that's like that uh, the schism that uh, Paul Pockets talks about. It's definitely apparent and it, that gulf is gonna get wider and wider. But as long as you maintain level and have your faith through it, you're. I, I believe in in my heart of hearts, I believe that the Lord always shows you the proper path. If you're there and you and you can see, uh, for those with the eyes to see, I guess, or with the faith, I believe that He always shows you the right path. And if you're of a solid foundation in your faith, you'll go that way, right? So, I mean, I'm I'm probably always a uh, eternal opt or, or like what do they say the um, I'm always um, optimistic, and maybe to a fault, but I would rather be that than pessimistic all day long.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have hope.
0: (laughs) Yeah, have hope. Always have hope
1: in in what's to come. You know. Have hope, and that's kind of
0: exactly that's kind of like the undertone of like when I share stuff on my IG and everything. It's a little bit different than my YouTube, I guess, because I just do strictly research on the YouTube. You know, I don't go really too much into maybe a little bit with the truth drops and movies, but the undertone of when I post anything on IG is a uh, positivity and, and, and not to be doom and gloom all the time, because there is a lot of that right now. And like I said, I was just at my parents' house and, you know, my mother, God bless my mother and I was watching a show with my father in the other room and I could just hear the news on. And they're of that, you know, watching NBC, ABC all all the time. And I just can't stand it anymore. And my dad gets it a little bit, you know, but he's got to placate my mom, whatever. And it's just like, it's such rah, rah, rah. The rhetoric all the time. It's overwhelming. And I I don't even watch it. It's like I get the overflow from hearing them about it and (laughs) talk about a schism like my dad can't believe that I think that the earth is flat or what you know that. Yeah, but he still again supports what I do. He just he can't believe that though. And he's the one that got me interested in, you know, he's my father, I I credit a lot of my uh, passion and my my strive for my research from uh, my dad. And it's funny because he can't believe that I think the way I think now. And he understands my faith and he's faithful also, maybe not as much and devout as I am, but working on that. um, I try telling him like, dad, you know, it's like the Bible, man. You know, um, it's more like that than what you're seeing and what we've been taught. And he still is, I guess, hesitant because of the programming is what it seems to be. But he still supports me And that schism of the gulf between, I guess you'd say, the truthers or whatever, even the faithful. And I guess people who, you know, maybe not even just the boomer demographic, but those who watch and placate to the mainstream is ever increasing. There's a big gap. So I wonder how that's going to play out going forward. And it's interesting to see it as it's happening because we're, you know, with what we're going and what BB hits on and everything and Vox and others it's like we're actually watching it as it's happening and like um detailing it and commentating on it yeah part of it it's (laughs) extremely interesting it's a very uh paul pockets i'll say too um it's a very interesting time to be alive man and i'm grateful and blessed for it all it's just uh where is it it almost feels like there's gonna be a pop but i again i hate to say that because i don't want to be um, doom and gloom about it, but I don't know. What do you think? Like yeah, that,
1: um... that divide is definitely. I mean Vox, one of Vox Day streams maybe a week or two ago, the Great Bifurcation. Bifurc- bifurcation, bifurcation, yeah. Bifurcation. Yep. Um, the
0: Great Bifurcation. Yep.
1: And like Gab, yeah, the Andrew Torba who owns Gab, kind of talks about this, like the dual economy or whatever, the dual world, and like BB talked about it, and like we. I talk about it a lot with like friends and stuff, like normie people, about the divide between city and country, because like you can see it and feel it in Nashville. You know, especially during like the last two years, like there's city folk and there's country folk. I don't know how big of that divide is in like the East Coast or in like the you know certain parts, like maybe California. It's not that big. Actually, it is kind of big in California because you go to like those desert towns and it starts being pretty different. But there's just like basically two worlds of people emerging. And it's not like in the past it used to be like France and Germany. (laughs) And you can really like say like these are two completely different cultures with different languages, with different religions. And there's like a clear line on the map of like, okay, this is one group and this is the other group, right? But now like in our world, it's like, this divide is happening and it's like unbelievably intertwined and mixed. So like your neighbor next door could be totally opposite of you. And then your neighbor over here could just be like totally opposite of you. But the neighbor across the street is with you. And like in one neighborhood, it's like totally different worldviews, totally different religions and views on like, I don't know, just everything, right? Like, like you said, like flat earth or something, like something like that could like, really set you apart or you know i guess what's a more like 50 like um you know just red blue politics or whatever um and then you just i I don't want to waste time but you know you just keep making all these like different like political and religious and like scientific and these different things that like divide people on different subjects and it's like we're all so intermixed and intermingled and i don't know how it's going to be easily Like in the past, you could just balkanize. You could just be like, okay, us over here and you over here can just physically divide into two other countries. (laughs) You know, Czechoslovakia is now three different countries. Like that was, you know, it took some bloodshed to make that happen, but okay, it's like a clean separation. But now everyone is so entwined and mixed up that I don't know how we are going to separate. And if that's even possible, but it is happening. So like, I don't know what the solution is. And like you said, I don't know if it takes a big pop or if it's just something that keeps gradually happening. But there's like two different worlds emerging right now. Like, and I don't know how it's actually going to play out, like you said, because it's got to. (laughs) Everyone is dividing and is separating in such drastic ways on important topics. But we're so like with each other. I don't know i'm rambling sorry but think no in the past, you're good you, you can kind keep... of like be like okay our culture is different than your culture maybe there's a war maybe it's a diplomatic thing but now we're just going to break off into two countries and i don't know how that happens now when everyone is so yeah. on top of each other and entwined with each other and mixed and mingled with each other but what it's do they happening. say gl- Globalized. So it's like, i don't know what's about to happen but it's happening <laughs> that's
0: it what's about to happen or is it more of like a? a, that's well that's the gravy to simmer on that one like what what is gonna is it is something gonna happen because the more and more I see what's going on it seems like it's more of a slow degradation and uh, I don't know though because like what you just detailed is like the Gulf of the separation in ideologies or the way people think about things it's more um, close together. Whereas before, and I don't even wanna use this, this phrase, but whatever, it was, you had geographical separation in a sense where, like you said, you could balkanize more easily because the people over there were thinking differently. Now it's like your neighbors. So that said, um, that's like a whole different light and a whole different can of worms. But as far as like research and history and what we say the resets are and everything, it does appear to me at least that these things a lot of people like to say one specific event or the a, a term that comes up is like catastrophism like in and when I when I said what's gonna pop maybe I hinted at that a little bit but again in line with my you know hyper optimistic sense I don't necessarily think catastrophisms or catastrophes happen as history has said number one I don't think that we get hit by meteors now I understand that some people can think that that's insane I get it and I have moved past that and I'm okay to take those arrows that's fine but it seems to me as we see this going on with what happened with the sea and what's happening now it's all just like a myriad of psyops that happen in a great tumultuous time or great upheavals. You know how they always say like the great upheavals of the past and I'm almost like, is that, are they explaining what's happening now as what happened back then? Like the black plague and everything and everyone. I mean, to me, it's almost like they're pressing repeat and it's a, it's a, a topic that we've talked about a lot of times with the bears and everything. They're pressing repeat on certain narratives and playing them out because they understand the cycle of things and how societies act when they're coalescing together. Um, now to take that into um, consideration with what you said, though, now it's everything's all not necessarily homogenized, but you have people with difference of opinion right next to each other. Yeah, that almost seems like a new thing to deal with on the on the world stage, because when we look back at history, it it was all a little bit separated as far as civilizations or whatever per what you know the mainstream says as far as um, recorded history um but it does seem like these things play out more over time and then when time passes afterwards they can point back to it like that's the scapegoat and say oh it was the black plague it was um it was spanish flu it was the the sea and not just fallen men literally just burning ponzi's after ponzi's but that's kind of what it seems like to me now. And that's kind of where I, I rest now with catastrophism almost seems like a scapegoat
1: yeah.
0: for fallen men's activities. Now, I'm still working on that, and I'm not going to plant my flag on that. But that's kind of what it seems like we're looking at here. So is it going to be a slow degradation or a pop? And I don't want to get people's um worries up, you know, but... I guess, I don't don't know. Well,
1: it could also be, like, just easy for the script writers, right? The people who are, like, rewriting history or explaining history or, like, summarizing history. It's easier to, like, explain, like, oh, some mysterious illness came and a bunch of people died over the course of 50 years.
0: Right, and it removes their culpability.
1: All the actual things that happened that led to the breakdown of society. And the, lo- the lack of food and the lack of nutrition, the lack of this, 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 that actually led to the death of all those people in Europe, <laughs> whatever it was, you know. Great point. This big, Great giant point. complex, like the fall of Rome, right? Everyone is like, you know, Rome fell, maybe, quote unquote. <laughs> we'll go with that, with that narrative, right? So Rome For fell. history,
0: the, the empire of Rome did fall. They yeah. were sacked <laughs> by the Visigoths. <laughs>
1: But see uh, that, so, like, how did Rome fall? And you ask, like, even people who study it and, like, or are history teachers, they might even give you, like, you know, you ask five people, you might get four or five different answers. The reality is, like, the degradation of the empire over hundred or hundreds of years. You know, you hear Vox Day explain it where it was, like, Vox, I think, claims that the fall of Rome happened with, like, Julius Caesar. You know, and like, just the, the changing of how, like, the, the structure was and allowing all these foreigners to come in
0: there's an argument for that yeah (laughs) big time yeah i can understand the
1: correct answer like it probably did start then and it was just this slow breakdown over time and over generations that just eventually led to the fall of rome but it's like easy for like people now to just be like yeah the visigoths came in what 380 and just sacked the place and burned the place down and then looted it and then that's it that's it that's over Like, it's kind of easy for us to look back and just say, like, yes, this thing caused the end of the the Roman Empire. But the truth is probably actually, like, it takes you 15 minutes at least, if not hours, to explain all the factors that actually led to the downfall of Rome, which occurred over a hundred, couple hundred years. So I think when, like, this catastrophism thing is kind of like that. Like, it's it's easier to be like, oh, you know, mud floods... (laughs) (laughs) mud floods game and everyone died all at once how dare you or was it what you were talking about the other day or the last few weeks which is like the um i guess i don't know the right like termination terminology for it but like the overgrowth idea where like basically everything was abandoned and like slowly plants and sediment kind of takes over and covers everything up but we want like we we have this mindset to just like excuse it away as like there was this catastrophe Catastrophic flood of mud or a flood of water that just buried everything all at once. Let's find the year. <laughs> and that's exactly fun. what, the, it, what the answer is yesterday. Right. <laughs> but it's like the reality is like it probably was abandoned longer than we thought, like hundreds or thousands of years ago. And then slowly over time they were covered up. But we kind of had this mentality, and I think the script writers looking back want to just be like, mud flood. <laughs> the fall of Rome was one invasion, not, you know, a giant period of a chain of events that happened over hundreds of years.
0: Great point, because they always try to single things out and and make things smaller into boxes. And I hate to say yeah. they, because it's such a, a broad uh, term and generalized. So I'll preface and say before we say they, we know um, as uh, our faith, we hold the mirror up and it's all of our own. Um, need for necessity and convenience, but and that's all a culmination of the fallen nature of man. But there are the puppeteers or whatever, and I I don't like to distinguish in that sense by saying they. It is just a flippant word to use. Yeah. But um.
1: The controllers. I like that word.
0: Controllers is a good one too. <laughs> I like when uh, yeah, pocket says that too. I like, um, I like
1: script writers as well, because I think that's a... It's a good one, too. You know, yeah, it's like... Narrative um writers, however you want to... Like oh, yeah. The writers of the timeline.
0: Yep, because I don't like that... Because when you say they, it kind of breeds that notion of, like, us against them. And, yeah. um of course, I'm on the side of what's right and what's uh, of God. And, you know, one of the things I always say is um if someone asks me what I'm Christian, and i's like, I just think of what Jesus would do. It's a very general sense of I would... Um, I try to base myself off of what I think Jesus Christ would do. Okay, uh, very um, general in that, but it hits a very deep chord because I based my life and how I act off of what I think the man, my King, Jesus, would do. Because I love him um, like he was my brother, and um, so. With these Prometheans or whatever you'd say, maybe we'll say, I like how Vox says Prometheans. I like that one too, Um, (laughs) because it is a good uh, general, it is a good characterization of how they act as far as what we look at in in the Christian terms of things, right? Um, The one that took the light and tried to show it to us was Prometheus, and um, that was against God. And to give us the knowledge of God was uh, not the right thing to do. So, in um, again, that's a very general characterization of the whole Promethean story. And forgive me if I'm missing some details, but effectively, as far as Christians look at it, when we say Prometheans, that's the other, okay? And I, uh, one of their tactics is to individualize everything and make things into smaller and smaller boxes, whether it's literally plots of land so they could sell it, or individuals and get them into cubicles, you know? Yeah. Literally, say that word again, literally. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But then that's easier to How divide people. Yeah, and more manageable. <laughs> How dare you? Um, it's more manageable when you have them in the little parcels like that, whether it's uh, land plots and you can monetize it also. But yeah. it, um, they do it to humans as well. So that's a, there's a thing there and it's easier to control and sway the zeitgeist if people are boxed away in cubicles so there is a specific narrative in that and they you know what they have a really tough time and a thorn on their side with the faithful and especially Christians so um just keep your faith with that and there is a, a specific narrative to keep people away from the faith and knowing that there's an old adage that says that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing um the world that he doesn't exist and i agree with that but there's also another tenant uh, tenet i believe to that and i've come to understand that i think especially with the whole masking thing as we're born in the image of god i think that another one of his ambitions is to convince us that god doesn't exist
1: yeah that's what and was, you see that a lot When now. you first brought that up i'm like yeah because to me that's more powerful both are powerful statements and so true but yeah that's i agree
0: Yeah, and uh, the whole masquerade thing. Now, there is a specific demon in the older books that is, um, I guess you'd say, conjured to do that. Uh, I do a lot of different research with the old books and everything. And when I say old books, I mean the old um, like Jewish books like the Enoch and uh, Old Old Testament. There's a lot of gravy in that as far as demonology. And I can understand why some don't want to... Um, delve into that, and I completely respect, and I I get it. Um, I research like an animal uh, all the time, and I'm always thinking about it. <laughs> and my foundation is my faith, but I want to know the characteristics of the other so I can recognize it. So yeah. I, I, I dive deep in them. There is a specific, uh, like a,
1: a demon, your enemy. a
0: fallen, that's right, a fallen watcher that's specifically... Um, their charges to hide the face of God and I think that that's what these wizards cast right now It's go- so I should tell you actually I should explain this right now so you know I like movies and the way that I came about this Sean was crazy I explained it before to uh, Neil Toronto Jewbear and um, so sometimes I look up characters of movies just to see if I remember it, right? Without looking at IMDb or whatever. Now, um, I came about the name of this, uh, this spell or whatever, completely happenstance. So when I do like movie trivia and I'm looking up something to um, look into or whatever, whether it's research or movies, for movies, if I think of some, a character in the movie, I'll try to remember the name without looking it up right? To see if I can remember it. Number one, it helps my memory. Number two, it helps me like remember parts of the movie. So I was doing that with Hellboy. Are you familiar with Hellboy 1? The, like the first one with Ron Perlman? I not know the newer what it is, ones. but
1: I've never seen it, no.
0: Okay, so not the newer versions, the ones from back in the day with Ron Perlman as Hellboy. And in the first Hellboy, his adversary is um Rasputin and Rasputin conjures up this this um demon to go at Hellboy right and that demon that he conjured up I was trying to remember the name off the top of my head I didn't want to look it up because I just wanted like I said I just want to remember it see if I remember it and I'm typing in all these different things and it turns out the name of the actual demon is Samael Samael and that's the demon that um, Rasputin conjures to go after Hellboy, whatever. But in the course of me trying to find that out, remembering it, I didn't remember it at, at the time, I typed in, or it came up in Google as If like, uh, I must've typed in something similar, because I'm like, what, what is it? And I, um, is it, I didn't know that it was semi off the bat. And then I, ac- not accidentally, but I, in the variations of looking up the name, I happened upon sathariel and that is an old, he's a watcher, a fallen angel, and his attribute is to conceal the face of God. But that's or it, And I think actually it's a female demonic, and that's how we have this female um, essence going on, the t- tyrannical female, also a lot of witches things going on. Yeah. Um, I happened upon that name and then I dove deep into that. And it's an old spell in the old Jewish Kabbalah, whatever. I'm not getting against, you know, Jews or whatever here, but it is in the... She's described as a watcher fallen that is responsible for concealing the face of God. Now, when I happened upon that, just completely happenstance, I thought that was, for me, extremely significant because synchronicities or whatever, and I'm like, dude, this is something concealing God as the masquerade so in my opinion and if I might be so bold I think that that's probably the spell that um, was cast over the realm by whatever wizards to enact what's going on right now and I was tailing it off with saying that the one of the greatest tricks the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist well what about if he tried to convince that convince the world that God doesn't exist yeah. and what would they use um, I, again I'm not saying that that is but I did that did happen to me I did find that completely randomly and so it's like uh, Sothariel or sathariel is a watcher fallen watcher and the attribute is concealing the face of God so yeah uh very significant for me you know it happened about a year ago i um i think that i i, I did text uh toronto jew bear about this and maybe Bear, just to get it on record and i i fellowship with you bears and um i appreciate that a lot because sometimes i'm like am i going too far too deep here so you, you know <laughs> It's good to have that
1: (laughs) um,
0: base of foundation to come back in, you know, because I can understand why people are just like, dude, you're, you're, why would you look into that? Um,
1: So, very interesting. I like that concept. I don't know, I've heard this explained too, that, um, you know, the two, the two of, if not the two most powerful books um, against Satan are Genesis and Revelation. Because Genesis explains exactly who Satan is and his power and his tactics. And Revelation explains his demise and what's coming, right? The, the, what, what's going to happen to him. And so it would make sense that like the enemy, Satan, would try to discredit those two books the most, right? Satan knows scripture. He knows what's going to come. And he knows that like we can see exactly who he, who he is and what God is in the first book and in the last book. So it does make sense. And I see this so often where people just like disregard Genesis as a revelation as like kooky or crazy, or it's too confusing or it's not real. It's allegory. It's just poetry. There's so much like clear to me. It's just clear attempts by Satan and his useful minions to discredit those two books and discredit that who say the nature of satan what he is his existence and what the future holds for him and it kind of goes back to what you're saying too which is you know the first tactic he used was you know is that really what god said is that really who god is and we see that throughout history and especially right now you know and like what you're talking about like is that really what god's like is that really these these seeds of doubt that get planted into people's minds of like is that really what God promised you? Is that really God? Is that really, you know, are you sure? And then you just see the results of so many atheists, so many non-believers, so many people who are just, you know, buying into the globe theories and the dinosaur theories and all this stuff that kind of points you to, you know, the Bible being nonsense because of this theory or this man-made creation, this, <laughs> I don't know I feel like I'm rambling again, but yeah. no yeah like like like, i was just rambling (laughs) on my last tyrant the reality of god that's so obvious and so apparent and provided to us all you know us all maybe not all all but you know is distorted and discredited so hard by satan you know the creation the simple like structure of our reality like you said earlier like how many people think that when you say like, "Oh, I'm a flat earther," or I'm a realm earther? You start to say like, "We don't live on a ball spinning through space," you just instantly get called kooky and crazy, or people just maybe they're like, ah, "It kind of feels right," but I just can't take that leap in admitting I'm that wrong or I, like that my programming is off or incorrect. But it like, and that just shows how deep that what what you want to call like a spell is has taken over, right? How powerful has Satan been the last few hundred years to make everyone so believe that we're like on a tiny little ball in infinite blackness. And it's so crazy to just believe what the Bible says. (laughs) It's so crazy to believe that the earth is only six, seven thousand years old and that Adam and Eve were the first man and the first woman and we all descend from him. That's so crazy that's so unbelievable even though it is like the truth and it's right there for us all to like know and understand and that just shows how powerful satan is and like you said how badly he's trying to deceive us and lead us away from god and away from just trusting him and trusting his word definitely trust yourself trust the experts trust the scientists trust the book love yourself trust, trust anything else except for god and his word you know and it, yeah like that's the result is you end up with people with diapers on their face <laughs> and injecting mystery concoctions into their arms and running in an yeah IT that'll game. tell you yeah.
0: <laughs> every narrative on every news network right but if, if you bring up the fact of uh, Jesus with the lepers once you're a holy roller oh don't preach to me yeah <laughs> that, you know what that gives me uh, that makes me think though again with me being the uh, eternal optimist or whatever Um Yeah, it has been like that for a very long time, Sean, like, um, you know, the Christians getting ostracized or people of faith in general across the realm, you know, I'm not singling out others and other faiths are seeing most high also, I believe. Okay, that's why I listen to Paul Pockets. That's why I appreciate and respect every other religions and quotes, but other faiths that may not see christ as their savior i don't want to be a dogmatic christian and say that you know a devout muslim is not going to see the kingdom or you know like paul pockets with his heartfulness i'm not with that the tenets of that whatsoever but i respect paul a lot and maybe that will help people to uh uh, maybe that will help some people um i don't I, the whole Hindi thing, you know, they always think it's going to end. We might have talked about this before. It's always like, oh, it's going to be over with the Kali Yuga. I'm like, no, guys, no. The firmament's eternal, regenerative. Come on, guys. You you guys just might have seen so many resets that you are just fried, whatever. We're cool. Mm-hmm. You can continue with the heartfulness, Paul. I love his takes on it, so I'm not <laughs> ostracizing any other faiths. I think that we're seeing the same God, okay? We just have our own interpretations of it our own saviors our own example setters Um, but with what you just said dude it's been extremely dark and I there was another uh, Vox episode not too long ago that was like I think it was titled the realization of evil and I think a lot of us have went through that recently within the past couple years of our acknowledgement of how dark stuff is and they're placating to it in the media and everything, or with how much the media lies blatantly. And not to condemn every single news anchor, you know, because they might be believing it, what they're saying. So again, hold the mirror up, everyone. Um, I think that we've all came through a realization of how dark things are. And it could be the not nook, it's obviously Satan that we're in his realm right now but it's all under most high. I think that a lot of us have come to the understanding that yeah, stuff is really dark right now. That said, it's been dark for a very long time. And they've had this, you know, I study history and everything. It's been a warring history since the beginning of recorded history, dude. Um, Now that said, that kind of makes me think that he's held sway for that long. And you know how the pendulum keeps on going back and forth The pendulum's been on the dark side for a while, and to be that uh, ladle half full, I really believe in my heart of hearts, and my gut feeling is that's going to swing back. It's not, like, I really believe they're in the death blossom right now, the Promethean system, and again, it's not going to be all unicorns and butterflies. There is going to be a bumpy road, but that pendulum is on the verge of swinging back right now. I don't know how it's going to play out, but... For those who are thinking everything's gonna burn and melt, melted buildings or whatever, me personally, I don't feel that at all. I understand and acknowledge that there's a lot of crazy shit going on and it might get worse, but I feel that afterwards it's gravy floods. And I don't wanna be (laughs) reckless in that though. But they have held sway for a very long time man. It's been dark for a, for a while. And I, I, I do acknowledge the uh, innovation and ingenuity of human, the human spirit, because that shows God, right? Yeah. He's, always gonna, he's always gonna come through, stick through. But these darks, these others, have held sway for a, a while, dude. And that's what I've been assessing as I look back in history. And it's I'm not trying to be a whiny guy like, oh, we gotta, uh, when is it gonna be good for us? it is always good for us. If you have the faith, you walk with him, you're protected. Okay. But to look at the grandiose, hundred thousand foot view, it seems like these people or whatever the others have been in power for a while. And it feels to me that we are in the middle of that pendulum pendulum swinging backwards or swinging back the other way. And it's, it might not be immediate and I might be completely wrong, but it's, it's real dark out there right now people are all like yeah people my mother was just watching the news like I said and she it's just like it's crazy so to lend any any kind of uh positive insight I I think that we're going back towards it being away from their system And to generalize it the Promethean system I think we're witnessing their their death blossom right now and when I say death blossom what that is is uh, in movies if uh, the enemies enclosing in on you and you got the grenade with you and your buddy's got to go sort of like Shaun of the Dead You ever see that fitting name for you but that was a great movie (laughs) but when you get all of them around you that's when you release the great it takes all of them out so I think that's what they're doing right now the Promethean system is in a, a death blossom Taking all the stuff as it can as it goes out. That's my hyper optimistic outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. And I could be entirely wrong, but that's what I feel in my heart of hearts, man. I think it's yeah. I don't it's not all gonna be again unicorns and butterflies. You gotta provide for yourself, provide for your family, your friends, your neighborhood, your community. Cause that's where the rubber meets the road. It's not like what's going on in Ukraine. You know, uh, yeah, Russia's crushing and everything, but I can care less about what's going on over there. That's what I think a lot of people need to hear, also. Like, yeah, I don't want people to die. Obviously, I don't want a war at all. Things happen, but what's going on down your street? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, get off the <laughs> yeah. get off the news. You know, uh, what's in your community? How's your family doing? Can you get a hold of your family if if shit hits the fan? And meanwhile, everyone's watching Ukraine. <laughs> um get back home even
1: point, up, point to point yeah. on a map and yet there <laughs> yeah
0: that's so different. i i think there's an un- even though everything's going crazy right now i think there's an undertone of like and i always say this you know the light at the end of the tunnel that we're all in it's not a freight train approaching it's it's daylight keep moving towards it yeah
1: yeah whatever has been lost can be found that's <laughs> so important to remember as dark as it is, Like it's going to be light again at some point. And I like that... Um, man, there's like four different things I want to bring up. <laughs> that was awesome. Um,
0: yeah, you say you're r- ranting, dude. I'm the one that's ranting, dude.
1: <laughs> We'll just take turns ranting here. Don't worry.
0: <laughs>
1: Cool. <laughs> yeah, like I... So this this is controversial to me and my like Christian friends and my Bible study when I bring this up. But like, I think... So to me, it's obvious that God is like our God, our creator, the creator of all, everything, us, me, you, everything is a living and breathing God. He's working. He's speaking. He's active. And you don't have to be a Christian to like understand that. I mean, Paul even wrote like you see the fingerprints of God in his creation. Like when you see this or that happen, whatever you're experiencing in reality is created by God. And anyone has the power to like understand that, or see that, or recognize it. And be like, whoa, that's powerful. That's oh, that's amazing. And so I think like it doesn't matter who you are, where you where you were born, what religion you were raised in, what religion you currently are. You can understand and know the Father. Like I think that's so undeniably true. Like you can see and understand the Creator if you just open your eyes. <laughs> the big problem, so like. With that, like I think Muslims know the Father very well. I think Jews know the Father. I think there's a lot of religions that clearly know the Father. There's a lot of religions that like kind of know, they kind of get it, they're scratching at it, they maybe they don't believe in the Father, but they kind of understand his works. But I think truly, just genuinely, Jesus is the key to having like a spiritual reunion with him. And so then that'll be harsh because then that'll disenfranchise all my Muslim friends and all my Jewish friends or whatever. But I think like you can know and understand and have a good relationship with the father, but to truly like spiritually reunite with him, the key is the salvation of Christ. Right. And you know, with that brings unbelievable hope and unbelievable like joy and bliss in your eternity to come. Um, so that's a side note I wanted to just bring up.
0: <laughs> yes, 100%. As a Christian. That
1: even happens with Christians. Like, I, there's a lot of Christians that know all about Jesus, but they don't truly have the heart that is surrendered to him, that truly, like, have that spiritual reunion through him yet. And I always like to use that word yet. I did a whole stream on Muslims and, like, their beliefs and their faith. And I'm, like, saying this, like, they know all about the Father, they know about Jesus, but I, like, they're. True relationship with him is just around the corner, all yeah. they have to do is like just reach out and grab it, just put their hearts in the right place and cry out for him. And so, it's like, yet is such a key word because like they don't have that spiritual reunion with God yet, but they yes. could easily have it, and hopefully, they do have it. And like, it's our job to have like <laughs> be the light that brings them in, you know, to be the be the catalyst that's going to bring them back into that spiritual reunion one way or another.
0: I dig it. I I dig it for me. I think it's gravy when the Muslims recognize and say, peace be upon Jesus Christ.
1: yeah,
0: And they believe and he's a prophet.
1: Muslims will. Like that's oh, yeah. so right about that. Like every Muslim I've actually like, interacted with in my life. Like that was like, one of the most powerful things for me to ever hear.
0: So. Yeah. So. They have a respect and a reverence for him. That is unlike any other. So um, yeah, I'm Christian and I base everything I, I, I do off of what I think Jesus Christ would do when I hear from other faiths, especially Muslim, um, Jewish, um, even the Orient, what I, um, Taoism, Shintoism, but, uh, when I, when I heard that that's what the, the Muslims say, that really made a open my eyes to be more, um, tolerant of other faiths and, um, uh, that's how i feel and we can um i guess leave that at that <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um the other part i wanted to bring up about like the darkness and the pendulum and everything you're kind of saying is like what are your thoughts on because you've seen that like um is it exploring tartaria youtube channel that was like probably like, six oh i next them, yo
0: bro how dare you um How
1: dare, I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, you showed no. me originally. I'm but I'm, I'm like I don't want to like just assume without
0: I next uh I next to Tartaria um word it's so so my YouTube channel is bushwhacking history in Buffalo. It used it, it used to be um used to be bushwhack wow I haven't said this in no, a no. while, dude. Sorry,
1: it's I all good no it's it all... well. you know what I'm talking about? The, it was it was a channel separate of yours. It's
0: like a, oh, female. okay, my bad. Yeah. I misunderstood you. Right like a
1: female that made it called Um Exploring Tartaria,
0: yes. Uh, and it's Exploring about the Millennium
1: Tartari- rain you yes, about? yeah, yeah, 100%. You showed me, yeah, that or something. Maybe I think we might have talked about that, but I'm, I'm
0: I probably definitely sure. uh, sent that to you before. I I believe I definitely if Please. I forget. Do you think... uh, my bad, but I sent so much stuff to so many people and I get so much stuff from so many people, bro. That's
1: I literally forget about out. it. It was either you or like a handful of us. Someone... I think it was
0: Exploring Tartaria or uh, History of the. I think Exploring Tartaria. Yeah, and they were talking about the millennial yeah. reign of Christ and that's extreme Do you gravy.
1: Think, because even if that, the claims that they're making are, say, they're just not true, but what about the essence of that? What if there is. Like, so either the millennial reign or a millennial reign happened. Like, maybe it wasn't the one that's predicted in Revelation where Christ comes back and reigns for a thousand years. What if there are periods of light and then periods of dark? Like you were saying with that pendulum. What if we had a period of, like, extreme light, which is Tartaria, which is everyone who's exploring, whoa, look at the architecture, look at this, look at that. Like, all the evidence and the fingerprints left behind of quote unquote Tartaria or, or old world. Um, old world, yeah. Whatever whatever that. label you want to put on it. Yeah, that's-
0: <laughs> I'll address that, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, So what if that's just when this pendulum was swung in the complete other direction where it was just- I epic, think that Everything there... was just amazing and gravy and everything was great. And then something happened that's- sh- that, Like that pendulum now has shifted dark I think that that actually happened in that period of time where it's dark and now what you're talking about is maybe it's swinging now back and maybe that is just what happens is there's like thousand years or a couple hundred years of just this back and forth of like light and dark and we just happen to be living right now at the point of like the height of darkness and potentially it could get worse hopefully not <laughs> and maybe I don't it's think swinging it, back it? to light and we just weren't born in a time where it was light and that's like unfortunate or whatever so what do you think about that or just that whole concept of the millennial reign did happen?
0: Yeah, that, that was a good generalization of what I just said, actually and swinging go back, off, the, go off, Ken. swinging go back off to everything, light.
1: Cause this is exactly, <laughs> this is well, you this, for sure.
0: Swinging back to light. is kind of where I'm at right now, but I think it's, I think what we're seeing to not incorporate the whole um, recorded history of time, because I think that that's complete. I don't believe it. Uh, I think that, a portion of what we're seeing our civilizations like the tart. When you say Tartaria, so let me preface by saying that that's become a synonym for old world architecture or impossible architecture. Um, Grand Tartary was a tract of land in uh, Siberia, Russia, Mongolia, parts of Northern China. There was a, a region of a lot of different tribes and, um, uh, not necessarily countries, but, um, well, I guess, yeah, tribes, and that was called Grand Tartary. So when we use the word Tartaria, I've made a hard line in my, my channel and saying that that is more of a synonym for old world architecture, because just like you said with certain people listening about mud flood, people hear Tartaria, people look at a building that's Romanesque style building in, in Buffalo and say, that's Tartaria. It's like, what what are you talking about? If they know history, (laughs) Grand Tartary is a tract of land. but um, so that said, you look at my old videos, bro, and I always say it's just hard to, you know what I mean. So there was there's a progression of thought there, and I still use it, and um, I'm not downplaying it whatsoever because I definitely still use the term mud flood also. Now, when we say Tartaria and uh, impossible architecture, yes, other people use 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 it real loosely. I'll
1: use it. Right, but like I'm, I totally agree with you more. Where yeah, I'm like,
0: not. I do. I'm, I'm not. It's um, obviously
1: at this point when the more you dig into it, it's not Tartaria. It's just whatever the that. empire's name was that was. I'm
0: being real <laughs> aficionado about it. How dare it? Yeah, but it's one of those like,
1: um, like I don't know a good example off the top of my head, but like, like the brand takes over and just like um.
0: Yeah, that's why it's like a, the best way to say it's, it's like a synonym.
1: Over, yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's like a synonym for old world and possible architecture. Or whatever yeah. i'll cite uh, matt from quantum of conscience because uh he likes to say impossible architecture and good on him for always cracking the whip and being like where are you guys going with, with this stuff um yeah. anyway so i think that there are what we're seeing is with this beautiful architecture and i think that we're actually seeing uh, civilizations re- reach their pinnacle and and then it resetting okay so these great grandiose huge beautiful Uh, Brick buildings, maybe not necessarily in the new world, but in the old world They could be from civilizations that have reached a pinnacle or communities that have reached a pinnacle as such that they were able to have the time and The means and the wherewithal to be able to build that what worse the to bring in the the millennial reign of Christ I Can understand why people think that well look at how beautiful stuff was maybe that was the whole 1,000-year reign of Christ, yeah. and certainly obvious to uh, posit the idea that we're just what we were talking about earlier on the realization of dark. Well, that fits really nice also into that puzzle of the millennial reign, because if that 1,000-year reign did happen, and we were able to build these structures, and then whatever happened, people want to say an events or whatever, or it was just a slow degradation over time, and we're actually seeing many cycles of of human beings. And that's why it's so hard to uh, attribute the construction of these things, right? Because we're seeing a lot of different eons, maybe going back, in my opinion, way further than than 6000 years of recorded history. Now that said, it's I can understand why people would say, Well, we're in the time period of Christ reigns for a 1000 years. And then it says that the the, the devil is loosed on the, uh, the realm for a certain am- amount of time. And then uh, Jesus comes down and then it's the, um, the final battle, right? right? And then it's new earth or whatever, or new Jerusalem. I can see why people are saying that. Now that said, that's hard to combine with or mesh with the whole civilizations and like it's the firmament is eternal and regenerative. But maybe not really, because if there isn't a final ending and um, when he comes down, you know, that's echoed in the Norse thing, too, with Ragnarok and then the cycle repeats. So it's a that's a really hard uh, position that I'm in right now for the research as far as the timeline and the faith and what's going on. It's one of the most difficult aspects of this research field to incorporate the faith with what's going on in history. So I really don't know with that one, Sean. That's probably one of the most difficult questions to figure out. What time period of the timeline are we in? Because I don't buy the mainstream timeline at all. It doesn't add up. Um, We can't sustain as a United States civilization like you cited Vox earlier in balkanization. He said balkanization in the United States by 2030, 2031 or something. But these civilizations from history History says they lasted like 500 years or the Byzantium. And with what we see going on right now with supply chains and war, did that, did they really sustain that long? And is the timeline that long or is stuff more shrunk down? So, so that's the thing. That's why it makes it so difficult. And then you incorporate the biblical timeline that adds in a whole nother layer. So are we seeing just a continuous up and down? of civilizations like bb said before like i think the human civilization looks like more like the the stock market is more a uh, indication of human civilization than your 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 textbook we may have been here for a lot longer up and down up and down but i don't know how that meshes with the millennial reign of christ and now i've heard all this is a, a flip on that bro let me and this kind of echoes my optimism people have said i've heard before that we might be going into the millennial reign of christ
1: i think most christians think that
0: now let me tell you this though
1: we're in the seven year either like let me chop
0: that in half right now
1: let me just knock that down
0: right now (laughs) for me as a grandiose that would be great actually but you know what there is a a seed of darkness in that because we know it stops and we know lucifer comes back out I would like to think that we're for me in my combative nature, not even combative, but um, let's go, you know, come at me. I'd rather be in the area where we're right before, we're in Lucifer's time. And I'm not saying this because I'm uh, placating to it at all. I'd rather be in that time right before he comes down and it's all over with. If that's the case, um, I know it might sound counterintuitive. Why wouldn't you want a thousand years? because it ends with Lucifer coming out. Wouldn't you want to be in that time period right before he's gone?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and New Earth or New Jerusalem comes? Like, that's just they're, the thought that I had. at the
1: defeat of, of the enemy.
0: Yeah, like the ultimate. Like I can understand, oh, a thousand Bible. years of Christ. Yeah. That's a, of course, obviously, that would be amazing. But yeah. there's, a, there's that seed of doubt at the end because it ends. Yeah. And then Lucifer is given a time. So there's give and take with it all. I, I guess that's my general consensus, if I even made any kind of sense whatsoever and didn't no, confuse sure. people more. But the millennial reign, and it's a really hard aspect of the research is to try to gauge a timeline. And that's why I like doing what I do is yeah. getting out on it, you know, um, <laughs>
1: yeah. in the field. I just know there's going to be some people watching and listening that are going to have no idea what we're talking about because I haven't even started on the Tartaria journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that'll get a in the that'll get them interested we're gonna be loving this for sure which is fun yeah that's that's you know it's just with any topic you just get more and more complex and more and more into the intricacies and people who have no idea about that topic have no idea what you're talking about but those who do or who, who are interested will uh be inspired to look up more
0: yeah i really appreciate that a lot because i understand how some you know with bears and everything and if they're not down with this type of research because i understand it does incorporate a facet of the dark side because not even well i guess i could put it like that but and like you said earlier sometimes you got to look at it to understand the characteristics of it but i i get and trust me i don't if uh if if this type of research turns bears off or any of anybody else from any other communities i do not take it personally whatsoever at all um, just not not ready at all. Yet.
1: Yeah. And I,
0: <laughs> not, not even that. Or I it, it's the, not for, it's not for everybody. Right, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. sit here and be like, it's, oh, I'm a special boy. I'm doing it. You know, um, I could be wrong in my assessment. And I'm not saying that I, I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. Type of deal. It just, it interests me. I've always had a proclivity for history. Yeah. And now that I found my faith, uh, I guess it just go hand in hand for, you know, me doing my thing.
1: Yeah. What I think, and so this is the way I was, and I'm just, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume this is the way you were, is like, really into history, really into like understanding like our ancestors and our past and what brought us here and all the cool things that happened and all the events and being obsessed with that. And then finding like true genuine faith and just kind of coming to this understanding that like, that stuff's a lie. (laughs) Maybe not a lie lie, but like When you start to like really truly understand the Bible and like the gravy and like the Holy Spirit is like really discerning you, I don't know the right way to like put that in a sentence, but like when the discernment comes, when like you truly have the Holy Spirit working in you, you can start to see the flaws in history and then it just bothers you, (laughs) at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but it bothers me that I don't know now. So I can look at things and be like, yeah, that's not real. Yeah, that's a lie. That's not the way things really went down. But like now, how am I going to figure out what the truth was? And do I even need to? You know, at the end of the day, do I need to understand what happened in Byzantium 1500 years ago? You know, yeah, it's like kind of bothers me. and I do want to investigate and explore and look up and like talk about all the theories and stuff. At the end of the day, like in our eternity, we'll probably find out, right? (laughs) <laughs> when it's all said and done at the end of this our lives, your life, my life everyone's lives, we'll find out the truth, so does it really matter but it still is just something that like gets me going, it's like exploring and investigating and be like inv- digging into the truth that is being hidden or is has been lost you know, I think that's like kind of like what motivates people in like these communities like people who are into Tartaria They know that they can feel that something's off. And that's why they're like exploring and investigating it.
0: Yeah. I think the faith offers a sixth sense or that gut feeling um, by default and doing what I've done has nothing but strengthened my resolution in the faith in God. But I can understand why people, um, oh man, I don't know. I know how to put this but um I can understand why people are turned off by this type of research and think that it's not of God but th- that said to underline what you just hinted at is like we, we probably won't ever know the the full truth man and I, I've I'm, I'm comfortable with that and it might be surprising to hear that like um researching the cover-up is enough for me you know like um, my faith offers me the solace to know that I will, like, like you said, I'll under, I'll know it when I'm, I'm with in the, in, in the kingdom of heaven. For me, um, um, my satisfaction is is sufficed with just actually researching the cover up. You know, to me, like, I, what what did happen then? As far as uh, people who have their faith or just uh, inquiry for uh, what's out there, you want to know the fundamentals of what's behind things. And if we understand that we've been lied to a lot of things, well, we want to know what's really the truth. And it's a it's a tough paradox that you're in when you want to when you're that type of person and you want to understand the truth about history. What real well what what really did happen here in Buffalo in 1812? Was it all burned down or was it was it a reset? Um, I think the faith offers the sixth sense. Also, it also gives you a um, The notion of that you might not know the truth actually and you're cool with it though because it's still cool just to research the cover-up i guess is that's kind of how i swing it for myself you know because maybe we we might never know i I said this with jim bob too we might never know the truth bro and you just said that we might never know it until we're with with him with most high you know with with jesus our king but um i'm cool with just researching the cover-up until then you because I, I, I know that we're going to find some gravy um, in the meantime, no matter what. And it's going to get my juices flowing. It's going to other people are going to be interested in it. And I feel grateful that I could share it. So I'm, I'm cool on that path. You know,
1: yep.
0: that's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I was going to ask you, and you, you just brought up one, one little part of it. But um, so my question for you was what happened in the 1800s? <laughs> because i feel like that's right what is the cover-up something happened in the 1800s. well the
0: industrial revolution man go look at your textbooks but, uh... oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> but specifically so there's three years that always just scream out to me and you just said one right so of course that's like bingo so 1776 1812 and 1850 What's up with those years? What happened? Something's (laughs) going on with seventeen. All that stuff, and there's so much significance about those numbers. So many events that, like, happened in different places on the world. Those same years. All this stuff just points to those three years. And the more I look into it, the more I find interesting stuff and like mind-blowing stuff, but could never find a good answer. So, do you know what's up with those? I definitely (laughs) don't. Those years in that time period, in general.
0: How dare you put me on the spot like such? (laughs) Okay, I could say from my perspective, and my from I'm here in Buffalo, and Buffalo was burned in 1812 in Black Rock. Like so much from the war that year, right? Like, uh, yeah, a lot did, and um, it does seem to be a significant date. Now, 1776, obviously the year of the creation of our country. It was also the creation of the year of the Bavarian Illuminati from Adam Weishaupt. So, I, I don't. Uh, I Which don't makes know of the kin-
1: really think,
0: Yeah, Which and Washington was me. a Mason. Yeah. So it's like, was there a well, connection it, there, was maybe? Was really
1: the creation of our country? Dude, Dude. can I
0: put you on, on pause real quick? I got my little baby girl crying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No worries. Hold
0: on. I hate to do this All right, right. Hold on one, one second, Charlie. No, you're good. All
1: right. No worries. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, the reason I'm asking this, I'll, I'll I'll explain, is a lot of like these mud flood theory people, Tartaria people, they point to like either one of these three years or a lot of people like to do the 1812 number or the 1850 number because like there seems to be something that happened where there was like a civil advanced civilization or there used to be an advanced civilization and then it either ended around these days or was uncovered around these days so basically the bigger picture idea is that A new timeline, a new narrative was established around these years, around this time period from like 1776 to 1750, where basically a new group of people took power, took control and started rewriting history and writing it to suit themselves and to suit their governments and their corporations. And so there's just a lot of like weirdness and fishiness when you start to dig into all this history. And so a lot of people like to say like Either these are the years that like a cataclysm, like a catastrophic event happened and a reset also happened, on. or some people like to say at least like this was the first year that, first years or first time period where like the script was being written or rewritten. The history was being covered up, of whatever happened before, and a new paradigm, a new history was being written afterwards. See, so yeah, I was just kind of explaining in general, <laughs> what, what's up. But yeah, the 1776 screams out at me because when you start to really investigate and research the revolutionary war you would know that like the fighting continued for another 15 years the country really wasn't made or established until the 1790s so why is the 1776 number like so specific and so repeated and brainwashed into us 1776 1776 1776 and then of course you know adam weishaupt and the illuminati same thing why was it that year the Illuminati was actually functioning for years before that but that's the first year that they made a point to like establish it and make it official and start spreading it as being like a publicly organized group um, and so to me I mean those are two very specific things that happened on two totally different continents <laughs> at the I think... same exact time and they so brainwashed that number into us it seems like something bigger is going on with that year than what we're being told you know and so the same thing with 1812 and 1850 it's like we're kind of brainwashed with these like mainstream narratives these mainstream events these wars these cataclysmic things um these world's fairs you know all this stuff that happened we're really brainwashed about these years but it seems like more was going on or something else was going on
0: yeah, there's another facet of the research when you, uh, aside from mud flood, and Tartaria, you know whatever. Yeah. The resets. Yeah. That they reset society, and the uh, a tenant of that is that. So, some people put in tandem like the resets with mud flood, or resets with Tartaria. So on that notion, I'm not speaking from a point of view where I know. I don't know. But what I think is, possibly with how you're just describing it, where I think that those are significant dates because they were periods of time where they introduced a major reset. Now, why they commemorate them or they feed us into our head, like you said, I think that's because they record their own history also. And it's almost like a list of accomplishments. I think of the song, um, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel. I think (laughs) I call that a Promethean admission. Um, they're labeling all the psyops they did now in a real general sense, those dates could signify major reset times and where they, uh, for just apply what's going on right now. I mean, my parents think one thing, I think I know what's going on in Ukraine, I listen to Vox and whatever, and I hear my mother talk about it. oh, Putin and this, and I'm like, how do you think, and I don't even want to get into the, a in the debate with them, You just let it go, and that's good advice for people to hear also, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to win this one, guys, this is a time period where you're not going to win yeah. those trying to wake up, you know, your 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 family or your friends, you got to bite the bullet in that sense and have your faith so if nothing else I, maybe to use it as a like uh an excuse sean i think those dates signify major resets where they get the society or the zeitgeist of the society to think something different about history and then from that date forward um you know what's a good example right now yeah ukraine's great you know what i mean like uh After that date, we all think now, like uh, everyone, or the general consensus of the narrative, so the wizards can write it into the textbooks, is that Ukraine's a great country and Zelensky's great. If they win that narrative, because we always have the 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 hindsight of 2020 afterwards, where you can point to, like I said earlier, you can always point to that catastrophe and say, oh, it was that, not us as a fallen men or honey-potted grabblers, just getting their own ends. I really think that that is a key feature of our history is that there's many resets and it's all just to remove the individual culpability or general culpability of a of a syndicate you know or um a corporation or a country or a a global cabal that you know allegedly
1: (laughs) or a bavarian gentleman i'm not sure if that even addresses the question but it you know
0: yeah i mean i i research history and stuff but i think that those are you know, we could throw away the mud flood or tartaria and we know that those are still those are like synonyms for something else and i can right, yeah, continue yeah. my research in old world history from buffalo yeah. removing those uh terms from my lexicon the resets i think remain and i think um rightly so because they've been doing it for at least recorded history at least so i guess maybe they're just major resets I'm possibly in a general sense and they record them and they uh they feed it into our head because maybe revelation of method and uh their karmic release yeah maybe yeah they have to logos baked in
1: like you know a mixture of both in order to yeah to
0: um great question though yeah
1: yeah that the mud flood thing never sat right with me. The theory that all, like, like some giant flood or some giant literal mud flood happened. Because to me, it would be too hard to cover that up. Like, how many people would have died? It would have been pretty catastrophic. Like, what if you're living on the third story of one of these buildings and your grandma went down to get the paper and she died in the mud floods? It'd be hard to cover up all those deaths and then all the survivors, you know? Not yeah, everyone and much would have died. So to me it just never sat right but like obviously something happened. Like you look at how many pictures are they literally shoveling (laughs) mud. You know the streets being covered in mud. All these buildings looking like they're sunk into mud. Like something happened but the idea of that like cataclysmic flood you know just 200, 300 years ago never sat right. Until you started kind of talking about and then Owen was posting about the overgrowth or like the sediment. Like what if these buildings aren't just 500 years old, they're a thousand years old, and they were abandoned, and yeah, if you abandon a building, if you abandon a city, and you let nature take its course, like, it is going to slowly be covered up with mud and dirt and plants, and animals are going to, like, reclaim it, so, like, that was really awesome that you were talking about that that overgrowth, or, like, the sediment, like, reclaiming (laughs) the man-made creation and covering that back up, because that... Just rings so much more true. Like, what if these buildings are 2,000 to 1,000 years old and they were left behind for whatever reason? Maybe it was some kind of cataclysmic event. Maybe it was just people left.
0: <laughs> people left. Also, you know, they do purposely bury happened. places.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, yeah.
0: They, there's yeah. it's on record of them purposely burying um, towns. They, um, one thing that comes to mind is the Knox mine disaster. Mines, all mines, a lot of mines, you know, think of from Cain. It's all mining, man. Uh, every, this whole terra has been mined and they terra, terraform it. I said terraforming for my first episode, man. Um, and they, it could, I think it's a tandem, man. I think some places are purposely buried and it might not be known about in uh, history or I guess the mainstream and it's a one-two punch obviously if you just leave the city nature does encroach really quickly yeah. and then if you bury it I mean not only is it buried but nature also encroaches very quickly as well there so I think it's a one-two punch in a and um, then the robber barons and I said industrial revolution. I think they came and found a lot of these ruins I think they knew where they were and grabbed to get the land and either resourced them and mined them or completely hit them all together and just like sealed off and cordoned the area for, um, like uh, the, what comes to mind, the Bureau of Land Management when they cordon off major tracts of land or, you know, state parks, I think are, when, when a, a land, a, a portion of land is designated a state park, I think that that's like a um, signal to the other grabblers, and whatever, that this place is cleaned up. There's no old world stuff here where we could open it to the public because they've covered it up. Enough so that they, it can look like, you know, um, natural landscape or whatever, or if they mined it, it could just look like natural runoff, stuff like that, like my, my Grand Canyon video. Everything is pretty much all spoken for and accounted for in the realm, as far as that we know, as far as the Terra. And they either hide the old world or they cordon it off. Like there's a post that I put up about IG, when you talk about the mud flood and is was it one inundation of a, of a mud flood? That sounds, to be respectful here, but that sounds retarded in my opinion. Like you said, it would devastate everything. Mud is heavy and it would just, it would bulldoze everything. Yeah. Unless it came up from the uh, the ground. But um, the post that I said, I, they fade in the land. They fade the terra in so it looks natural.
1: Like a slope, uh, like a hill,
0: yeah. Like a slope, like a hill, yeah. So I made the, the I'm like, barbers, what, what do barbers and robber barons have in common? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, barbers fade your hair and robber barons fade the terra. Yeah you know and where they fade it some places they may not have faded it all the way and it could look like mud flood or whatever meanwhile yeah. it's just literally sediment over a, a way longer period of time and a lot of these buildings i think were buried what it looks like melt or i'm not taken away from the idea that melts although i don't it's really hard for me to think that everything melted circuit board stuff like john levi says um it's kind of out there to me it looks I guess, certainly, of course, that could happen. God can do everything and, and reset anything. Melted buildings, though, honestly, Sean, to me, it looks more like they were buried for a lot longer period of time, and it's just receding. It's uh, it's being uncovered now from sedimentation and, and um, runoff. Stuff's buried, runoff happens, and then these things, that, these structures that some say look melted, to me, Looked like they may have been buried for a long period of time. And then the earth is just receding away from it, you know, just like sediment or um, erosion happens. That's another facet that I've been trying to, you know, scream with my blowhorn from my small ass channel. But <laughs> it'll eventually get out there. Like everyone says melted. Oh, look, it just melted. Can, uh, John Levi, I re, uh, respect him. God bless him. Everything is melted look at this melted building <laughs> I'm like yo john what what if it was buried for a long period of time and it's just like being eroded now yeah. Do you think about that so just putting it out there
1: yeah
0: well, then I'm like, plan, what if flag it was melted
1: but by water weapons by water yeah or that so water there are cannons po- like in great points i was gonna ask you about like like what's the deal with the bombards and the water what? cannons and the water mining and all that
0: yeah i should have mentioned that thank you for bringing it up because that's another, and I really strongly urge your listeners and everyone listening to look into this, what some people are calling melted buildings is literally 100% for sure attributed to hydro water mining, where they would take a huge cannon, right? That's what you're getting at here,
1: yeah. cannon, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, they're called the um, hydraulic monitor. And it's a high pressure cannon where you don't necessarily even need a pump to create the pressure. You can just drop water from a reservoir up higher and it creates such a pressure out of a nozzle that it literally can erode the cliff face. And I think, yes, a lot of it is that a lot of it. Um, I'm not saying that that created the Grand Canyon. But it scoured the Grand Canyon, I think. Yeah. And maybe they did have mining stuff way, way back. That's another tenet of what goes on with this alternative history research. Uh, I'm not sure about the huge, massive excavating machines, but who knows? I mean, I've heard, I've had some Native Americans comment on my, my channel when I was doing that mining stuff way back, saying that they had stories of the Natives trying to throw arrows at, this great monster that was eating the land and the arrows would bounce right off of it what does that sound like it
1: like sounds kind of like, like a modern machine, machine. Yeah,
0: that, yeah right so who it's knows wild, yeah. that's completely upending everything about mainstream history but that's yeah. kind of what we're doing here so yeah um
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah that was awesome the whole like bombards water cannons thing that was mind blowing too, because it's like, yeah, that makes so okay, much more yeah.
0: sense. Okay, yeah, I right. think that cannons also are now. When I say cannons are water monitors, I could be that could be me making a mistake. I think that obviously they were also used for cannon shooting projectiles, but it just seems to me very feasible that they also could have been water jets. Yeah. And incorporating what we just said about how they would wash everything out, it was a tactic of armies back in the day to divert streams and rivers to to wash out and if you had that capability they did to cast cannons send it through tubes in my opinion why wouldn't they i just that's one of my opinions it's one of my
1: yeah
0: crazy out there hypotheses
1: like that right that was like 600 years 700 years before you know zero And then uh, the Mongols did it when they conquered the Abbasids, like manipulating the streams, either diverting it or blocking it or blocking it to unleash it to make it really powerful and flood a city. Block it to
0: dam it up to divert it so they can use it as a flood to flood out the village down below. Yeah. So if you think
1: what what the Persians did is they blocked it so that they could send their troops underneath, you know, because Babylon was sitting. Over a river, supposedly. Oh, okay. So if okay. Could oh, gravy! Stream, That's some specific send army gravy. And uh, you know, underneath the That's walls.
0: That's a major tenant of why Akkad or the, the the Akkadian Empire, which is what I think the all these el- el- alleged elites think that they are. It goes back to bef- like the Sumerians. They all placate to these these um, Sumerian gods and goddesses, and they all think that they're Byzantine gods. It all goes back to Akkadia and Mesopotamia. And it yeah. was about the rivers, you know, river Mesopotamia actually means land between the rivers between the... and they were able to the Sumerians are the ones who are first attributed to making canals. So they were doing terraforming back then
1: yeah.
0: way back then <laughs> um, they were able to terraform the land way back then and they've been doing it to this day and again that goes back to the whole history thing because the beginning of our history what they say is mesopotamia you know, the sumerians they created the wheel they did canals and everything in my opinion professionally i do believe it's bullshit because i think that our civilization goes before that i don't think that we came from monkeys i do believe the bible is real more so than any of these um these crazy uh Scientismos, what they say, or Darwinian. I've come to the point now where I've done an about face on that all, it's it's tough though. It's tough to manage all that because well, we don't know what happened before yeah. six thousand recorded history um, years ago. But it's probably in the maybe in the Vatican, maybe in the Smithsonian. We may never, it. we may never know, though, Sean. It's <laughs> interesting enough to yeah. just, to, just to research it, you know. Maybe yeah. something will. Maybe what's going to pop is that information bubble, huh? Yeah. Ladles half full.
1: <laughs> yeah, get the ladles up. The, gr- <laughs> the gravy lunch is coming.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, talk about rambling, but yeah, you know, uh, that's my intrigue, that's my passion, and that's yeah. why I do what I do. Yeah, and same. I don't just rely on the internet. And I'm, there's nothing against that, but what I, one of the main staples of what I try to put out there is doing your own research. And I have I'm blessed that I have a lot of books in my library for my family, a lot of informative. um, Man, I have like um, high school textbooks, lesson plans from 100 years ago. And they're (laughs) insane. The curriculum is insane. It's like college level. So that's another thing to think about. Yeah, it's it's extremely um, high level for for high school. Definitely. And it's for my great grandparents. And I have a, you know, I like to use my books, man. So yeah,
1: yeah that's if awesome.
0: nothing else for your l- viewers and people listening, man, get out in your family's attics and your uh, basements and your garages, try to find those old books, because there's a lot of censorship going on right now on the internet yeah. and they, they can't censor the texts that yeah. you have in your possession.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's one of the main, um, highlights that I try to showcase in what I present is using those old books. Yeah. Not just using and being relegated to the internet.
1: Yeah. I've always kind of like collected my books. Like whenever I was in college, like I kept my books instead of reselling them back, you know, I've always just been like kind of conscious about keeping books and not investing in like having a Kindle <laughs> or everything be digital. But now I'm like really, and you helped inspire me too. You and, um, I'm blanking on who else was making a good point about this. John Levi's made a good point about it. Um, Wrangler Wrangler stars made points about this before, and someone else did too, in the the like Tartaria-ish community of that. Oh, um, Howdy Howdy Mikulski said was the one. Howdy, legend. Um, Yeah, shout out to Howdy. Um, about the importance of that, we really need to be investing in hard copies of stuff. We really need to be getting like useful books on hard copy because they are. We're just seeing the start of the digital book burning, the digital censorship. And anything that's useful and meaningful <laughs> and dangerous to Satan, dangerous to the enemy, is going to be burned. It is going to be book burned. Like, give it enough time, give it the right excuse, the right narrative. You know, it will. <laughs> surely be become harder to to get your hands on or it'll be mistranslated it'll be deliberately diluted it'll be like deliberately rewritten to not give you the, the real gravy a um, good
0: example of that a good real world example of that right now is how they're calling kiev kiev right now and they yeah, literally yeah. changed the, <laughs> the spelling yeah. of it vox now that
1: yeah,
0: yeah that's, how, that, that's, that's that's a good example of how they're rewriting re, it's literally rewriting history dude
1: yeah
0: um yeah, right, right in in now
1: our eyes, yeah. <laughs> we're yep. all going along with it take <laughs> <Heck> note <laughs> the thing that opened my eyes was really i did a whole stream about china and christianity in china and so it really opened my eyes because you know the chinese government you can watch my whole stream you out you or anyone out there but You know, the whole conflict is Christianity's rising in in China, like at an unbelievable rate right now. And no matter what the secular, worldly government tries to do to suppress it, it only, it's almost like they keep trying to throw gasoline on the fire to put it out, you know? And so one of their tactics has been the state government, the Chinese Communist Party has been rewriting the Bible and basically taking out the divinity of Christ and taking out God taking out miracles, taking out anything that would basically make God or Jesus, anything that's like supernatural or above a worldly government. But people know, like these Christians know that that's happening. They're not ignorant of it. So they get their hands on these Bibles and they almost read it with discernment on purpose because they're like, this isn't the real Bible. So they try to read between the lines. They try to like kind of, you know, see what it was that has been censored or taken out or like rewritten and misconstrued. Um, And then also just the reaction of like people who smuggle in real Bibles or people who actually like translate the real Bible, the authentic full version of the actual Bible, like how valuable it is. These people cry. (laughs) They get their hands on a real Bible that hasn't been altered by man. And they're like crying and they don't stop reading it. They like literally wake up and they just read it all day, every day. They memorize it. And just seeing that, like, inspire me not only to, like, take care of my Bible more and be more, you know, get inspired to get more into the word and really start to, like, memorize it and learn it, um, but also just books. And you do this, too, right? It's like you're collecting books because that they're not going to stop at the Bible. Yeah, that's, like, their primary objective is that. Let's get the, our hands on the Bible. Let's rewrite it. Let's change it, the meaning of it, everything about it. But also everything else of use. Everything else that has good, true, and beautiful in and of it, you know? If they can get their hands on it and rewrite it or misconstrue it, they're going to. So we should actually be getting our hands on that stuff before that happens and having our own copies of it, backup copies of it, like physical copies that, like you said, they can't take away from you. I mean, I guess there would be way They could raid your home and physically remove it. (laughs) But it's not as easy as like, yeah, oh, man. that's beautiful big boy yeah
0: the big boy that's a that makes me think though sean you're right um get the copies of it
1: yeah
0: but when they're rewriting the bible over there that's like it's almost like i hate to say this word but kind of scary because it's like how long has that been taking place when you consider how civilization has been moved around and yeah going on for a very long time. So, you know, man, how, how many times has that happened? So with that, and that's where I think that our faith comes in, man, because I think a lot of people that aren't of the faith that aren't Christians think that the ideas that we get are just flipping and crazy. But we know that a lot of our ideas literally come from God, and he actually... It's more of a Gnostic view of it, but you have more of a direct communication with the Lord. And when we speak of the Aether and maybe the Akashic Record. Man, posit the idea that all the written Bibles were just destroyed or whatever by a horrible government. Now, that might be a horrible thing to think about. But... I think the truth is baked in and no matter what, like you just said, we will always be able to know it and see it and it will always be it will always come to us no matter what. And um, it might be a while and I don't necessarily know if I'm getting off on a tangent with this, but being that the Logos is baked in, the whole idea that Logos is baked in, I think that a lot of ideas that come to us with our faith Um, Come to a lot of other people and it's because of our faith because we have that love for God and we know that he is the creator and I think that when I say the faith affords the sixth sense I mean that I literally think that people are of faith have that almost omniscient not to be all God but we can know the word even if we don't have the Bible. Now I know that I base everything off of that and I base myself as uh, a Christian by Christ. I think that there is a failsafe, you know, baked in logos of God that just in case some tyrannical scumbag gets control of everything and burns everything, we'll still know God and we'll still know the word because of our faith inherent. You know, that's again, that's being an ultimate optimist, because if what everything was burned, the possibility that that could happen, there's, a, we're still of God we're still of the firmament it will still be known and we will still be able to access it by our faith through him By yeah. others who don't have the faith think that that's crazy but they can go ahead and keep on thinking that and living in babylon because i'm cool yeah. with knowing what i know and um I'll, I'll i'll take that to my grave no matter what they do to try to cover it up we'll always be able to access the logos because we know what that's what's true that's the only truth effectively that overarches everything, yeah. quite literally, too. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, literally, <laughs> the logo, permanent, yeah, the yeah, word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's so important. Like, Abraham didn't have the Bible, right? He had faith in his heart, and God spoke to him in a way that, like, he needed to be spoken to. So, if we don't have the Bible for one reason or another, like, that's gonna happen. Um, I think that's. I've kind of wrestled with this fact too and this like argument of like, you know, well, what happens, you know, so if you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, you're just going to go to hell. So what about that poor child in the middle of the Amazon who will never encounter a Christian, will never read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And I've like wrestled with this and grappled with that fact. Like, does he just get a pass? Is there some kind of restart, restart button where God reincarnates that person for like a take two you know, what happens to someone who just genuinely, genuinely and authentically does not encounter the gospel? What happens to that person? They have no chance to, quote-unquote, accept the gospel. I think that there's other ways for them to accept the gospel that isn't reading the words of Jesus on paper and saying out loud, I accept you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior, and being baptized in water. I think there's things that happen in that person's heart, and I think God speaks to them in ways that aren't. The Bible on paper (laughs) and I think there still is tests there are tests of your faith are you still in your heart willing to understand seek know obey your trust your creator repent of what you did wrong when you realize that and go forward with like faith and obedience and that doesn't have to be like repeating the words on the paper that we all know as the word right and that's like a summarized version of my very long complex thoughts on this but I think the Bible is written on our hearts and we don't need it on paper. We don't need to memorize it to be saved. What we need is actual genuine faith and obedience in our hearts and a willingness to seek God and seek his right ways. And he'll find a way to communicate with us, right? (laughs) He'll speak to us. He'll show us. He definitely will. He'll do something that's not putting a King James Version Bible in front of our face to have us and test us and let us choose to Be reunited with him another thing I've heard is like um, so I personally know one Muslim and I've heard another Muslim in person's testimony and I've heard this also has been happening a lot in the Muslim world where they're you know they're very strict about not having Bibles right some do some know about Jesus or they're taught about Jesus by their Imams and like by people and they know a little bit about Jesus like Esau right But they don't know the gospel. They don't read the gospel. And it's like very highly censored. But all of these people say that they get dreams about Jesus. There's like testimony after testimony after testimony of like in dreams, Jesus came to me. He kept coming to me. I was in denial. He kept coming. And so that's just one thing of like, well, you know, if they're keeping the pages of the Bible away from your face... If you live in like the heart of Saudi Arabia and it's unbelievably hard to get your hands on a Bible or it's punishable by death to have your hands on the Bible, Jesus is going to come to you in a dream. He's going to come to you in some way, whispers in your head, whispers in the wind, like something is going to happen where God is going to speak out to you if your heart is seeking him. Um, And so, yeah, they can, like you said, some big, powerful government can take over the world, the new world order the global homo Illuminati takes over and finally just eliminates all the Bibles and Satan quote unquote wins because God's word has been fully eradicated and destroyed. It doesn't matter because everyone who's left is going to still have a heart that has the ability to choose to be reunited with their creator or be in rebellion against their creator. And it has they don't need the words on pages to pass that test. You know,
0: in, in my opinion, if there's a physical uh, possibility of, the, um, for all the books to be burned, I know it's uh, the task itself to undertake is impossible, but just the idea that it could happen tells me that, well, then obviously the logos is baked in. We can understand it otherwise. We don't need that, because what if we didn't have that? I know it seems impossible to think about that, but it is an instance, okay? And do you think that because if you don't have the text, you wouldn't know God to me, that's crazy. Um, Maybe it's because I'm such a devout uh, Christian. I'm very faithful. And that certainly could be. But but I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Okay. Because I believe that if I didn't have the text, the Bible, I have, I have a Quran here also. Um, If I, I believe that if all the texts weren't here, we would still obviously know God because He's the one who created us. We have a yeah. divine um, umbilical directly to Him. If if we are um, so um, humbled to be able to um, understand that, in my opinion,
1: yeah, I mean, most of the people in the Bible didn't have the Bible, <laughs> right? Like, they didn't have Direct the Bible. Yeah, how many people do you read and you're like, man, I wish I had faith like Lot? You know, Lot didn't have the Bible, Lot had no idea about Jesus. He just had faith, he just trusted God. God tested Elijah him. in the in the, in the woods, to him and he had his heart was seeking God and seeking his right ways. And his faith persevered, right? He didn't uh-huh. memorize Matthew, <laughs> John 3:6. He didn't say John 3:6. out He didn't Great, get I'm glad you said that. Like, He just had pure faith. His heart was seeking God, wanted to be reunited with God, and was willing to endure everything in between. And that's almost every character (laughs) in the Bible. David, like, name someone who proved that they had faith and was praised by God for it. They weren't reading and memorizing scriptures. They were just genuinely in their heart seeking righteousness and being righteous.
0: There's something to it inherent that if you know it, you know it.
1: Yeah. And that's just that's so simple and so powerful. Like you know it, you know it. If you don't know it, you don't know it.
0: There's no other way really for yes. me to describe it.
1: <laughs> Keyword, and then real yes. recognizes
0: real. There's but you know a what though? For
1: you to know it in time. You just as of now you don't know it.
0: It's simple, but it's really deep. And it's like you know when you have the faith and you talk about the love that we have for Jesus, it gets emotional for those who have the faith. Um, and I'm a real emotional, empathic person. I feel like I could feel other people's emotions overwhelmingly sometimes. So I, I, I'm not afraid to say that I'm a man who does get emotional at times. I, I'm defi- uh, I have my masculine masculinity obviously. Um, but I'm not ashamed to say that, especially when I talk about Jesus. Now there's a funny thing in um, Muslim to make a parallel here. And i may have said this before but what they there's a there's a thing in uh, there's an adage in the muslim world where they say you can say what you want about allah god just watch what you say about um, muhammad their savior now i can understand that and i empathize with that big time because i feel like that with with jesus because god can handle anything god's god right say what you want about him Uh, Just don't be an a-hole or whatever, but watch your tongue if you're talking about Jesus. And I don't say that because I'm going to be a tough guy. I want to fight you, but I will take reservations with that. And I'll call you out. And if you want to mock Jesus or whatever, you know, even God, but I understand that, that phrase in in their culture about say what you want about God, watch what you say about because I feel like that, you know, God will get over anything. Obviously, mock him. If you want, watch your karma. Okay, yeah. pump the brakes when you're talking about my king. Be easy with the flippant mock of Jesus Christ because there is a certain reverence to that man. And I look at him like he's my brother, my father. Um, I, again, I try to be like him. I, I, I talk to him and it's, it, it's extremely emotional for me when I think about him. You know, I would have been one of those dudes The night before I think about this often because one of my favorite pictures I have above me when I work is when he's in the garden talking to his dad about what he's going to experience the next day and how scared could he have been terrified and he's talking to his dad he's getting that confidence and with the disciples whatever I tell my friends or whatever when we're talking about faith and I I play football I'm competitive I would have been one of his homies to be like, dude, Jesus, let's get out of here. These guys want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll block you a path. I got you. Let's go. And of course, he would have been like, you know, sit down, son. Let me explain something to you. But I have that I have that um, tenacity of love for him so much so that I know I would have been that. Um, ignorant in uh, my ambition, though I may have been, That's that would have been me. Like, yo, let's get out of here. They're they wanna, they wanna take they wanna dispatch you. Why, why don't you wanna leave? You know. And it, my in my ignorance, obviously, Jesus would have let me understand he had to go through that. But I think about that, man. I think about that in a lot of things that I do. And I'm appreciative and I'm very humble and grateful that I that I have that. And I have that, you know, I guess say Jiminy Cricket, but it ain't Jiminy Cricket, it's Jesus on my shoulder. So um, yeah, that's, I, I in a, a ver, very, very hundred thousand foot view as a Christian, what do we do? We base what we do off of Jesus Christ. And that's what I try to aim for every single day. And I'm glad that I could fellowship with legends like you yeah. and, uh, get ideas and insight. So absolutely. this is, uh, this was gravy.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: gravy season with logos
1: <laughs> i love that that's awesome um yeah man before we wrap up um i wanted to ask you are we do you think we're living in the best of times or the worst of times <laughs> you said the pendulum is pretty dark and everything's dark right now but are these the best of times or the worst of times for us to be well
0: me being now? me being optimistic I'm gonna say the best of times because I do think that we are um, in a time period where we're seeing a lot of um, turbulent stuff with the the zeitgeist and what's going on personally, uh, occupationally, faithfully. And a lot of people can give up and stuff and I pray for those people and I don't want you to see humans give up, but it's for a reason and again, it's, I think it is the pendulum swinging back towards the light and it might not be tomorrow. It might not be in a year, two years, but I believe that it will be another time of great positive things happening, uh, communities coming together. I think that this cabal or whatever is really on its way out. Again, that's not going to say it's not going to be doom and gloom for, a li- or, um, pretty tough for a little bit but i do think that it's a positive outlook you know a, a positive ending for in our lifetime so pendulum back to the light and we i for our um time frame that we're in our now i'd say it's the best of times
1: yeah yeah
0: and i will always say that i guess because again i'm hyper-positive and probably to a fault, man, but it is what it is. I shoot no, for the fucking, shoot, it's part of my language, I shoot for the stars in a positive manner, and if I don't reach it, at least I, at least I was, um, had a good outlook on it.
1: No, yeah, not at all. I think if there's one thing God does not want us to be, it's negative. <laughs> like I don't think he wants us to be depressed and anxious and depressed and worried i'll and, tell you sean that's like one thing told over and over again not to do that have hope have faith trust in what's to come you know be optimistic like you can say I'll tell that's you what. foolish or silly but I, I mean god tells us to do that so i'm gonna trust him
0: you exude that sean and you're the way that you carry yourself and your demeanor and your charisma it shows and it's infectious, and that's why, yeah, yeah, you could tell that, you know, um, no matter what's going on or whatever, uh, you still seem like you're having a good time and crushing, so um, that's definitely apparent, and it's, it's infectious, and it spreads, so again, that positivity, and I would rather be positive than negative, you got some people that would find a $20 $20 bill on the ground and complain that it wasn't a 50, you know, just, just to complain. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand those people, but I know they're out there. So if you do come across them, just say, have a great day. Yeah. That's it, you know. <laughs> just be positive and, um, you know, positivity begets positivity. And yeah. The reciprocal is also true, but I don't, that's not what I placate to. I placate to uh, what's good, what's true, what's beautiful, what's of most high And it's nature. It's outside your door every day. You just got to find it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I had this. So, yeah, it's funny you say that because if you would have met me four years ago, you'd have thought the opposite. You know, it's the opposite (laughs) of who I am now today. So lost. But as I came across this, like, right after a few months after, you know, encountering Christ, being transformed and truly just having my whole life just change you know that word for sanctification if you want like where you're just leaving that old life behind and you're starting to pursue righteousness you don't know what you're doing there's trial and error but you're like on this journey now to like leave the bad behind and go forward into the good and in that time that like early few months is a few months as that was first happening in my life i was getting really into like looking at my family And my mom's side didn't keep track at all, but my dad's side, so Corey's my last name, so Corey has, like, a a very well-documented history. There's a society of Corys, actually, out there that are, like, very adamant about recording our family history. And so the Corey, like, motto or words, I don't know the right phrasing, but, like, the phrase, so the family crest, the family, like, words, are faith, loyalty, hope. Wow. And that was so powerful to me. And like, I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Those are cool. And so at first I'm like, "Wow, well, that's just cool. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's, oh, that's dope. <laughs> like on a very surface level, like, oh, that's cool. Dope that's dope. AF. I'm going to make like a chain about that. But then it really started to like sink in, like how powerful and how meaningful that is. The order that they're arranged, how deep every one of those concepts can go and how important it is to like, have those be pillars in your life. Faith first and foremost, loyalty to everyone and everyone around you, and then having hope. You know, hope kind of brings it all together at the end because having hope makes you, makes your faith and makes, your, makes you want to be loyal. And the reason I'm bringing all this up and explaining this is me in the past before Christ, zero faith, zero loyalty, zero hope, you know. And it was just so perfect that I uncovered and found that and now I've like really based my life off of just really at all times, like every day when I wake up, it's let's pursue, let's strengthen, let's make sure I'm like keeping the faith, being loyal to everyone around me in whatever way I possibly can and having hope. And yeah, there's troubles, yeah, there's struggles, yeah, there's like times in my life where I slip up or I make a mess up or I'm missing something that is kind of crucial or whatever, Maybe I'm trying to be loyal, but I fail. Maybe I'm trying to be loyal to one person, and then that makes me by default fail and be unloyal to another person. But as long as you're just truly trying to seek out those three principles, I've found that like your life just becomes amazing, (laughs) even through the struggles. And the more I just see those three words echoed throughout the Bible, you know, in one way or another, like almost every time you're finding some kind of meaningful or impactful like message that God is calling to you, it usually is involving one of those three things. Um, So I'm like very thankful and proud that my family somewhere along the line (laughs) had that insight, that gravy ladled to them back in like the 1400s or whatever (laughs) and put that there for the rest of his family line to encounter and be inspired by. And most people in my family line, I think just don't even give it a second thought. They've forgotten about it entirely. You know i think a lot of people in our world and our culture just kind of throw away our like ancestors struggles and history and achievements which is kind of sad but at the end of the day there's so much gravy there there's so much insight there and they are what brought us here (laughs) and we are here in this time in this place for a reason and it's thanks to them um and there's just so much good that comes out of that um that makes me think but yeah, no, hope, that makes hope me hope think so crucial to me in so many ways. And like, that's why it's that
0: <laughs> yeah, brought you to where you are now. Yeah. And that makes me think of, there's an old adage, a faithful or in, um, religion or whatever you want to say that you, you, I'm sure, obviously you've heard it. God works in mysterious ways. But as I have, um, came back to my faith, I, I kind of think that that's kind of an inversion. And I'll explain that by saying for what you just described. It's not mysterious if you're of the faith. So w- w- when you have the, your faith, you know that it's God working in very matter-of-fact ways, actually, because you, yeah. you can see his hand. So I would say that it's only mysterious if you don't have your faith, you know? So um, to say God works in mysterious ways is a little bit of a misnomer, because when we do have our faith, we know that he's working in very mysterious ways or very matter-of-fact ways as opposed to mysterious. Uh, the synchronicities uh, to me are just affirmations, especially if they come in conjunction with something I'm researching or a friend and we you have a synchronicity. I've come to the understanding now that that's an affirmation from God of faith. And I don't even think that now. I know it, it's just how I operate. So it's not yeah. that God works in mysterious ways he works in very matter of fact ways. Yeah. Especially if you have your faith and you could see it. You see his hand operating through everything. The, the logos baked in. That yeah. sixth sense, that faith is, affords the sixth sense so we could see his work, you know, and appreciate it even more the, the good, the true, and the beautiful, and the faith and the loyalty, like you said. That's awesome. And the family crest, too, man. That's family gravy. You know, I'm all about that, the history yeah. and everything. <laughs> that, that hits home. Yeah for sure that's what I think about yeah it's not mysterious if you are a, if you have your if you're faithful it's, ma- it's matter-of-fact it's, it's the logos of God working very matter-of-factly in his in his realm yeah. that we're that we're humbled to be a part of you know every day I say I'm I'm thankful I'm grateful for what he's given us you know I say it to my daughter I say my Catholic prayers <laughs> I do and I tell my daughter I say my prayers to myself, but you know, we give thanks when we eat and everything. And yeah. I say our father and I tell my daughter, I'll, I'll, explain every single line and phrase when you, um, are old enough to understand and I'll explain it to you. What everyone means, what every single one means, and I'll bless us, our oh Lord for these gifts, which we are about to receive also our father. Um, she'll know that even though I, that's a, a little bit of a conflict for me, I was raised Catholic, but I'm again, I'm more, I believe I'm Christian. I follow the Bible and Christ, but yeah, I do stay in my Catholic prayers. So what are you going to do? That's how I was raised. That's what I remember. And when I say it, I mean it. That's another thing, man, uh, for people who are in, in the faith or maybe just come into the faith. When you pray, don't just say it. You mean it and believe it because he hears you. I don't know how else to describe that when you pray. Don't just go through the motions. I know you've heard it from your teachers, the coaches, and all that. But when you pray to Most High and you take the time to endeavor to give thanks to Him, I would give the advice of, you better mean it and say it from the core of what you're, of your being because then He will hear you. And that's when He enacts things in your favor. You're not begging for it. You are giving your love and appreciation for your creation, for being here. And he hears that you better mean it because otherwise you're just, you know, pissing in the wind. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to put it like that, but it's yeah. pretty much what you're doing. Yeah. You know? So heck man, talk it's about amazing. rambling, dude. This was a great conversation, dude. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, go-
1: <laughs>
0: I really appreciate uh, getting back on or whatever. What, not that I'm cutting it or, cur- or curtailing here, but, no, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Any uh, before we kind of like, oh, well. start to wrap up, um, do you have any questions for me?
0: When was the last time that we talked? What, a year. All, was it over a year ago?
1: On the stream, yeah. Yeah, I think it was last. And it's a while, dude. January or February. A little over crazy. Year, yeah. But we no, talk. Just you we're know what disc- time, time goes Discord. by. We're on Instagram. We're always commenting and talking. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. I'm not talking about it like that. Bro.
0: You know. Yeah, of course we're in communication. We're, we're in We're ladle,
1: ladle in the gravy. You know. Of course. Off screen, but yeah.
0: And yeah, thank you for letting me use the Discord to drop my. Um, no. Yeah. No. My, no thank my you for I really the that. Yeah. Anyone
1: out there can as well. Yeah. It's in the no,
0: show. man, dude. I, I think we hit everything, Sean. I mean, um, thanks again for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. and. Um, look up to what you do, doing your thing out there. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm centered here well, four blocks away from where I grew up, man, my whole life. So I, I couldn't imagine striking out on my own, dude. I, I, I'm telling you that from the, the, the bottom of my heart, man, I really commend what you did and just keep doing what you're doing because, man, anytime I check in with you or watch your shit, dude, you always seem like you're in a good mood, upbeat, Joeville. <laughs> And uh, that goes a long way, Sean. Just keep doing that, man. And, and people that people see that. It rubs off on people. Uh, you're very cordial, very professional. Just you can tell you're a good dude. And I really appreciate Thanks. that a lot.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah. And um, can you shout out your stuff? Give any plugs or any shout outs you want?
0: Oh, plug my stuff? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they, so... Um,
1: we gotta make sure that when people I do, can find your stream where you're also-
0: <laughs> Yeah, man, appreciate it. Being amazing, Throwing a plug, people
1: and illuminating people and inspiring people as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I researched research history here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I look back at uh, the history of my city because it was, uh, like I talked about with Sean, it was burned by the British in 1812. And I think that might've been a, a reset as we look into it in our alternative history. But that said, i go out and i get in the field and i go check out old buildings here in buffalo old infrastructure old uh, foundations and i track it against the books that i have stuff that i can find on the internet and i present it on my youtube channel uh, bushwhacking history in buffalo so it's just a different take on what we're told as history uh, from my perspective and how i get out in the field, as I say, and get boots on the ground and walk on what I'm researching pretty much. So I just not relegated to pictures off the internet. I use my books and I use my city because real quick, Buffalo kind of is a good cross section of what you'd say an old world city might be if there was stuff going on here in the new world prior to the Columbian Exposition this type type of gravy that I get into. So yeah. if that intrigues you, <laughs> come check me out. Berserker Bear, bushwhacking History in Buffalo. Oh yeah. And
1: it's uh is it it's Berserker Bear 11.11 11 on Instagram. Uh,
0: yes, on Instagram it's Berserker Bear 11.11. 11. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people give me shit about that or whatever. It's like, oh spell number it's like no i i pretty much see that time every day i see 10 10 not every day but a, a lot i see 10 10 i see 11 11 i see 12 12 a lot uh a lot so that's why i have the 11 11 anybody's wondering i see it a lot
1: oh yeah, yeah i like it and my last question is did you have fun tonight
0: yes i had a great time yeah this was awesome, yeah, awesome. thank you very much of course i did uh, ladle in, ladle and gravy and um seasoned with logos with a bear uh with uh someone i could fellowship with and uh, talk the bible and jesus and faith i had a great time thanks again
1: yeah, tr dale says what's up in the chat stuntman says what's up Slaps are we live
0: right now where are, I did, yeah. are you serious <laughs> oh bears what's yeah. up everybody i have no idea i thought you were going to record this and send it out or whatever so oh yeah even better all right that's cool what's yeah. up bears how you doing i love you all god bless you all thank you for all the love and support awesome. it, it means a lot yeah and shout out and and support sean because the dude's a crusher
1: <laughs> through and through across the board thank you yeah, man that. You are watching or listening to the Jonathan Corey live stream Be sure to follow and subscribe to my channel wherever you are streaming this And on any of the other sites that you happen to use as well And be sure to leave some comments or reviews, it would really help me out You can find my streams on YouTube, Twitch, DLive, Odyssey.com, VK.com, TV.gab, BitChute, Rumble, and on all of the podcast apps you can read my blogs at shonathancorey.blogspot.com. My main links are at linktree slash shonathancorey. And you can find the rest of my links, my older secret content, and my guest appearances on other podcasts or streams at shonathancorey.com.